This week on the Solid State Podcast is the one you've all been waiting for. You know, if what you've been waiting for is a pair of mostly brand new laptops that you can't buy yet, a tour de force of highly sought after features to your phones, tablets, and computers that you can't download yet, and a $1,000 solution to the studio display's basically unusable webcam. It's an oversized episode that's even willing to be broken up into four easy installments at 0% interest. We couldn't resist. All right, let's dive right in. It's time to take a walk through Apple's Worldwide Developer Conference 2022. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's Solid State Podcast. I'm your host, John Joyce. I'm Eric Sargent. And that's it. Now, <laughs> once again, it's just just us. Uh, Cody keeps doing this vacation thing. And I'm not sure like who approves that or what process. I mean, I guess God, that that's me. I really need to do a note on that. But anyway, um, on this very, very, very uh, important week in tech, uh, we are here. We're going to cut right to the chase. We are here to talk uh, Apple's WWDC or Worldwide Developers Conference that happens each summer. Affectionately um, called DubDub. Affectionately called DubDub. And it is a, uh, it's, it's a component of nerd Christmas for sure. Because yep. I, I, I do think it. this is one of those moments that sets up the the lineup for what we're going to see now through Apple's high season, which is as we get closer to yep, the holiday September time, and, yeah. a lot of these products drop either in reality or at least alongside other products. Yes, there are some announcements that were really effective almost today that we'll talk about here in a minute, but really DubDub is that it's the beginning of the year as we know it for their product lineup. Right, yeah, it, really, it shapes everything that comes out. I mean, we're, get, we're getting, we get the update on every OS at the very least. You know, this year we got some very special hard well, announcements. Almost too. every, but we'll talk about that in a second too. But yeah, <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, but I mean, it's just, it's really cool that they, you know, we kind of do get to see the shape of things to come. And I feel like, and we'll do, we'll get into this later as well. I feel like if you take a minute and stop and read between the lines, there's some stuff that there's, presenting and there's things that they aren't mentioning that if you kind of pay attention you can kind of be like okay i kind of see where they're headed with this and, and i have a prediction coming. but we'll we'll see if we'll have we'll have plenty off, of so. those yeah. but what your premise there is very very true eric and it's one that i've held for a long time is if you want apple is a famously secretive company yep. and that's become more difficult as years have gone on as their scale has exploded to keep that secrecy but wwdc remains one of the clearest opportunities to get a peek into what's coming ahead because it's not always super hard to look especially at a software level to say all right i see this announcement i see what it's going to do can't figure out for the life of me why it would matter on the device i have but what would a device in the future need to be able to do where this suddenly makes sense and when you start to put that cocktail together it it's it pays off not always but sometimes like, aha, I knew it. Yeah, exactly. Other times I'm like, I nope, they still I, haven't made I a I knew TV. it was coming six months ago uh-huh. when they were talking about this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. So uh, I think as always, we're kind of going to just dive into the announcements, yeah. not even in the order in which they announced them because okay. that was so five days ago. Um, right. Yeah. I, I don't know about you. I know that like my brain, especially after these big, big announcement events tends to immediately start reorganizing things in the order of like which ones caught my interest or fancy. Sure. Yeah. Yep. Um, 
so I don't think it's going to be a surprise to anyone that is either listening to this show or heaven forbid knows me. Um, the hardware jumps straight to the forefront for yeah, me. I definitely. am a gadget guy. I love the physical manifestation of the technology in my hands. Um, so, and that was not unique, but it was almost a blast from the past to have as many hardware related announcements as we had this year. Yeah, Very unusual. Um, Usually like lately it's been, you're lucky at dub dub if you get one. Yeah. And we and got it's not usually a mainline announcement. Yes. It's normally a mid cycle or something like that. It's it's been a once upon a time, this was one of their major product announcement platforms, even for hardware. But in the more recent years, I mean many recent years, it's been almost exclusively software focused. Mm-hmm. iOS, Mac OS, iPad OS, 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 OS. Yes. Um, all the OSs. All the OSs. Um but there was there was some pretty serious hardware presence here, and one that I mean I know you and I Eric went back and forth on predictions wise several times going into yeah. this going into this event, and that's we'll cut right to the chase again. That's the M2, the M2 processor. We've we've talked ad nauseum on various solid state episodes about the M line of processors because I do continue to contend it's one of the most meaningful moments in physical technology architectures in me- in a very, very long time. Yeah, the way yeah. M-Line is permeating now into their mobile um, computers, their desktop computers, their mobile devices at the iPad level. And I have other bold predictions about where I think they could go with it. Yep. Uh, and it's also, for me, when something truly disrupts, it's not just about what it does to that company's product lineup. It's what, I'm al- what we are already seeing in other companies' product lineups that are, at least in some way, a direct response, a direct shot back across the bow at what a the A processors were originally doing in mobile, that now the M processors are doing across the product stack. Yeah, and that, and I think that's the biggest thing too is the biggest shift in all of this is the fact that it, I feel very adamant that eventually we're going to have M series processors in just about everything. It really seems like that's just the way they're, I mean, they're almost there already when you stop and think about it. You think about iPad, sure. There's a cup, I mean, the phones and the watch are, you know, and the watch will probably never have that. Um, And I can't imagine they'd need that much power in the TV one, but it might just simplify things for them if they do that. You know, if they throw, you know. Sure. I mean, going down to, you know, what silicon makes it where, a lot of that does come down to. Um, efficiencies at scale and processor production and foundry yields and things like that. When we talk here in a minute about one of the laptops they announced, I have yeah. a very specific theory about why that laptop even exists, but right. we're already bouncing around. So at M2, um, the M2 processor was a, was a big, big moment announcement as part of this event. It is the, you know, logical successor to the M1. Um, I'd say, Eric, if, <clears throat> I don't know if you would agree, the main reason you and I internally waffled on whether or not this was going to happen was our collective confusion on would Apple be willing to launch M2 quite literally on the heels of some of their biggest M1 announcements just mere weeks ago. And with everyone assumed one more M1 announcement to come being the Mac Pro. But I think I would be, go back into prediction mode, I would be shocked if that Mac Pro actually arrived with an M1 processor in it. Yeah, Um, I don't, I don't. It it would almost have to be the other end with a new super powered, maybe even pair of M2s in it. Yeah, I would, I would agree with that. I, I honestly, as we talked about, one of my predictions earlier that didn't come true was I was, I was thinking they weren't going to announce the M2 simply because they're still having trouble filling M1 orders for certain right. things. I mean, 
I have your own experience with your yeah, here I am Pro. sitting in sitting in front of my new MacBook Pro that I just got what two weeks ago now that I that a I week finally ago got today this. was last Friday okay a week ago today there you go and I waited a solid almost a solid four months for this laptop that they just yep. barely filled the you know the order on and I wasn't alone that was happening out there and, and one of the reasons that we were talking about no they probably won't announce it is you know Joe public user um doesn't necessarily understand how the processors work and they go out there and they look and they see okay macbook you know whatever we'll talk about the those when we, when it's coming up here in a minute has an m2 in it okay or i could get this macbook pro with an m1 max I, i'm gonna go with the m2 because i mean obviously the m2 is newer not knowing that the you know m1 max macbook pro is right. 10 times more powerful than that m2 uh, it's just it's it's it was odd to me that they chose to put out that now but i guess for the most part i guess they're probably figuring i'm thinking about this in real time as you can tell by my rambling oh, yeah they they probably did that because joe public user is probably not going to spend two thousand dollars plus on a laptop they're going for they're, the they're 999 not. to 1199 they're going for the lower end macbook airs anyway so they wouldn't even be looking at the higher level well, and that line. transitions well into what they did announce this week. But also, I, I think you also hit something else on the head right there. Joe Public User, I think Apple has more so than most other brands, more confidence in their own consumer. I, I just think that's sure. demonstrated in their product lineup. They they have a and that that confidence isn't necessarily born into, oh, an, an Apple consumer is more educated or more. No, it's not, that's not what it's about at all. I think it's more, they have more confidence that their, their consumer is walking in and saying, I want a MacBook air or I want a MacBook pro. They're not walking in They've saying, I want already. an M or there's mm -hmm. there, but they're also not necessarily there to buy a processor. If right. they are a video professional that is very specifically there to buy, to your point, a 16 inch MacBook pro with an M one max, et cetera, like that, or what have you, that makes, they're going to do that research. Going back right. to the Joe Public side of things, they're coming in because they want a great, well-made laptop running the software they know and love with a, with a battery that's going to go all day. They're there to buy a MacBook Air, not right. an M2 processor. Yeah, um, that doesn't, so. the processor that's in there doesn't really matter to them, especially because mo most of the people that are going to be going in for the MacBook Air will probably just be getting the baseline anyway. The customized ones are probably a lot more rare yeah. and for people who are just trying to meet that middle ground of mm -hmm. you know now that if they can get more ram they can get almost to you know the the level that you can get with the m1 pro for ram and you know they'll get a little bit more single core performance out of it and it yep. you know and and i guess we can get into some of the stuff they announced that i was very excited about with the m2 um number one i already mentioned well, i guess it, let's let's just say too what they announced which was a macbook air because i guess along because right, alongside yeah. that m2 announcement i guess we should because we're already kind of alluding to it yeah in the announcement was the m2 processor a new macbook air which everyone i think everyone can agree we've all been waiting for and not anything wrong with the old macbook air it was right. just the old macbook air the m1 macbook air was literally the macbook air design going back 2018 years yep 2018 was a, when that body got redesigned yeah, so with, with an m1 processor in it which changed that laptop completely do i mean you had one for how i long? did I, I loved it yeah i had it for since, since launch and then you know so what was that almost a full two years before yep. i got this one almost two years so and yeah then, i think i probably had it for a year and a half and and it you know it was still performing great and you know just to throw the little inside baseball in there i i sold that you know to help fund yeah. the new laptop and and got 
almost over two thirds of my money back for that computer that I spent on it brand new almost two years ago. It's unheard 18, of for technology. Months into your purchase, yeah, yeah it's it unheard of. Dramatic. So, um, so there was the MacBook, the M2 itself, and then powered by power. In, that M2 is powering a new MacBook Air and a whole new body. And we're going to talk about that in more detail here in a minute. But then also, the one that raised a few more eyebrows yeah, is also me. a 13 inch MacBook Pro that, unlike the Air, looks exactly like the M1 MacBook Pro. 13 inch that we have right. today that yeah. itself was a years old design when mm -hmm. the M1 went into it. So I have definite theories about the why behind that. That we'll get into a minute, but sorry, because you were, you those, were getting more it's into for it those, It's for itself. those diehard touch bar fans. That's what it is. Yeah, that is not. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, I'm going to no. hold. I'm going to hold yeah. it for a few minutes. But yes, yeah, I, I, I interrupted you. You were getting into the M2 itself. Yeah. And, so uh, what they were announcing there. Sure. So I mean, they they've you know the the actual they showed the 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 dies side by side. And I have no idea if those are to scale or not, but the M2 does look a little larger. The die size looks a little larger. Um, but they said that they've, you know, they've updated the high performance cores and yep. the efficiency cores. So they're supposed to both be faster, which means you're going to get a, a little bit more single core speed out of it. And, and very know, importantly though, this is the same five. I mean, they say they updated it, but it's still a five nanometer, five nanometer. process. The yeah. same as the M one. Well, is, it's that's right. I think um, it's, so it is a five nanometer process, but I believe it is a second generation five nanometer process. It so it's like they call the process five N you know, before, and this is the five NP process. So there is a okay. little bit of a different process that goes into it. It's still five nanometer, but I think there's some, there's something that, but it's it, an, it's it an iterative change to the process. Yeah. This is not a jump to say three nanometer, Correct. which is no. for processor heads. That's one of those big indicators. Game changer, when you, yeah. yeah. When you, when you see a nanometer change, you're talking about efficiency and power consumption and all of those things. And this, this was not that change. Right. So they, they've added this, so they've added those efficiencies. They've added, they've upped the memory speed. So I think before I was seeing it was getting somewhere in the upper sixties. I want to say it was like 67 or 68. Um, is it gigabits per second for, yep. for the memory throughput? Um, and now with this new chip, it's getting a hundred, which is half the speed of the M one pro that has 200 and then the max has 400. So it's kind of, they're getting them all sort of in line. It feels like right. with, with how, but with that, and that's obvious. That's a, that's a change that you will feel when you use that laptop. Absolutely. It seems if small, you're using an existing M, yeah. but if you're using an existing M one, not pro or max or ultra, right. just say M one, you're going to feel, you're likely to feel that change in day to day. Yeah, everything's going to be snappier when you open things, when you switch between apps, it's all going to feel a little snappier when you do that. So that's great. And then one of the big things that shocked me was they included the new Apple ProRes and other codec, um, right. media decoder and encoder on this base level chip. I mean, you had to go up to the pro to get a single one of those before, and you had to go to the max to get doubles or the ultra to get four right. of them. And that, and that really, what that does is creates huge efficiencies when you're editing video on the system. So it's yeah. not for everyone. You know, most people won't feel that change, but anybody who's using that computer or wants to use that computer, like, you know, YouTubers that want, that are just editing their own videos or something like that can now get a computer that is, you know, hundreds of dollars less than the pro and be able to edit with the same efficiency on that system. That, that's well, I think cool. about the, I, I think about the college kid in the fall who yes. is likely to end up with this laptop for their freshman year going into, you know, their first year of design or what, yep. what, what have you. And to have, I think about the tools at their disposal in their hands 
the creativity that's fostered by putting that kind of technology, that kind of capability in the hands of people that typically like most parents are not going to drop a $3,000 laptop into their freshman, sophomore, whatever kids hands. But going back to the MacBook air for so long, having been the laptop for everyone, when we see this kind of capability in the laptop for everyone, that's going to be meaningful to a lot of people. I really think it is. I mean, it's it's going to be a really big deal. They also there's um they've upped the GPU cores. I think you can still get it with eight cores, um, but the you base can one, you yeah can, the, the, you can the spend one a couple hundred dollars more. Yeah. yeah, you can spend a couple hundred dollars more and get one with with a ten core GPU in it, and and that's and again that's a meaningful change for anybody who's doing any kind of photo rendering, editing like or that, rendering yeah. or or even gaming. I mean, I know people like haha Mac gaming, um, but we'll get to that. You know, there it, it seems like. There's something going on. There's something on there. going on. Yeah. Like they're they're adding more gaming power to these things and they're and you know, looking at some other stuff and we'll make some predictions towards the end of the episode on that. But you know, they've also added faster machine learning. So yep. things like Photoshop and other programs that are native M1 can call on that machine learning for um, all sorts of AI tasks. Like there are a lot of Photoshop plugins or other media plugins that you use when you're editing audio and video and, and images that call on that machine learning to process it. It allows you to do things like, um, you know, clicking on the background of an image and it auto selects the sky. And then you can just do a sky replacement almost instantaneously. When I started using Photoshop 4.0 way back in the day, (laughs) You ha- I had to do that all by hand and doing Manual, those kind of yep. changes in there took, it took hours. Like, oh, you want to, you want to move that stop sign out of your image. It would literally take you hours to stamp and clone that thing out of there. And now you can just lasso tool it, hit the delete button and tell it to do a smart replace. It hits those AI processors, that machine learning stuff and boom, it's gone in seconds. And, and that kind of stuff, it, it's, you know, yep. it's meaningful to a lot of people out there. Somebody who's just picking up this thing to, you know, surf the web and check their email is, of course, not going to see that. They're going to get more out of that single core performance. But right. it's it's definitely all there. I mean, there's a lot going on on that processor that makes this base level. And again, the so the M1, and this was an interesting choice, too. The M1 MacBook Air in the old style will still be on sale. For that, yes, you know, you can still go on and get that, which is which is pretty for cool. Nine ninety nine for nine ninety nine, and now the new one, the new MacBook Air with the M two, starts at eleven ninety nine, and then 11, I think ten ninety nine for education. So yep. it's you know it's a couple hundred bucks more, but I think that it's. <laughs> I so you know, I'll I'll chirp in on this. Yeah, it's not kind of worth it if you are in a position to need to buy a laptop, and the two hundred dollars is the gulf. Find a way to wait and, and get, get that to save, yeah. do whatever, because I will, I'm here to say that the M1 MacBook Air only exists in that lineup because they needed a laptop that didn't have a comma in the price. Yep, that, that's it's, 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 it's a price point play, period, yeah. end of conversation. There's no universe, because we'll get into some of the other specs, why in my mind someone would feel that they got a valuable savings in the bridge between $999 and $1199 between these two devices. Yeah. And the, the, the quick and dirty rundown is, we'll just start with what we were talking about, the processor. The M2, it's not it's not the night and day difference going from a Core i5 to an M1. That was that was yeah, evolutionary. Yeah, that was evolutionary, yeah. yeah. This one, I think but they this, said single core performance looks like it's going to be about 13% better right. from the M1 to the M2. Graphics was about 35 or 35 something. 35 is what they're saying, yeah. yep. So these are 
appreciable, but not game changing yeah. differences. You're not going to, but day to day, you're not going to notice no. a huge change on those numbers. It's all those other things we just talked about yeah. the, the decoders and the AI, the machine learning, all yeah. those little things, what, the speed of the memory the bus, chip. all of that. Yeah. yeah. But then we start getting into the display. It's got, you know, it's not the display from the 14 inch Pro, but it is right. of that, it is a, fantastic display it's uh i think five or six hundred nits of brightness 13.6 yep. inches so marginally it's got a notch if a notch is just going to make your right. brain explode i was about to that 999 well i was about to touch on that so uh, that's one of the things that i wanted to touch on real quick if there's anybody out sure. there who's actually listening to this and they're wanting to know about this i've had both i had the air and i now have the pro no notch notch and i'll tell you you do not notice the notch give it about 10 minutes of use, you will not see yeah. it. It's up at the top of the screen. It's where the bar is always across the top of the screen in a Mac anyway. Mm -hmm. It's unused space. You still get yeah. all the same menus up there, your file menu, your edit menus, all that stuff. It's all on the left side still. On the right side, you still have your clock and all of the things that are currently yeah. running. It's all still there. Quite and literally, unless you are watching a piece of media in full screen that is the same aspect ratio or cropped to the aspect ratio of your screen. Like I've, to your point, I've never run into I've a case where I lost that screen real estate. Right, because yeah. even even full screen video is letterboxed yep. and it's and black bar it. space anyway. And, so. and, with, and with this, uh, like frankly, greatest laptop screen i've ever had mm -hmm. in this pro and and on very much yeah. you know in line with the new one in the air the the blacks on the screen are so black that you don't notice you can't tell when it's fully dark at the top line you can't see that notch it's not that it's invisible right. you can't see it so anybody out there who's like oh man that looks dumb you know it, it's it's a weird thing to see at first glance, but the minute you start actually practically using the laptop, you, it does, it makes no difference in the day-to-day -day use at all. So I've, I've never had a problem with it. So anyway, that's no, my so little it, sidebar. It, it's got the notch. I've, I've long felt that the notch is still, if they were taking away screen real estate, I already yes. had for sake of the notch, then that's all. But it's, it's the other direction. Your bezels are lifting up and you are gaining screen real estate you didn't have yes. before. So the notch continues not to bother me. Um, the screen as a whole, though, is still just an update, an upgrade. It's 500 nits of brightness versus 400 on the old one. Mm -hmm. um, that's, you know, that's not, not, it's not insignificant. No, right. Um, you know, P3 wide color gamut. That's the same as the M1. I mean, it is just an overall better display. So again, going back to what are you getting for your $200? The, to me, the display is what you're staring at. I mean, the computer yeah. can be as powerful or battery efficient or whatever as you want. If the thing you're staring at isn't great, that's always been one of the experience things yeah. for me. So um, the other big one, this is just coming from me having had the 14 inch air, I'm sorry, 14 inch pro now for a while. And you, Eric, just having gotten one, it's got MagSafe. And it does. that is a big deal. I, people yep. were I were kind of, again, both camps on that one, whether or not it's a big deal or not. I have always adored MagSafe. I missed it when it was gone and I'm yep. thrilled to see it back. I like the new version as well. It, the, the yep. magnet is much stronger in there. Yes. Um, but still break the cable will still break away if somebody trips over it, which is great. And, um, honestly on the air, I mean, that's the thing The the air that I had, you got, you got two USB-C ports. That's what you got. So yep. you plug, you, you wanted to be like when we were doing this, I was always podcasting on my air. I would have it plugged in to power. And then I also have to plug in my, um, audio device that I, my microphone goes through there. Right. I was done. I was out of ports. 
So sure. now I have the same thing plugged in with my MagSafe on there. I've got I I if I was using the Air, I would have an extra port. I now have two extra ports because I'm using the Pro. But with that yep. Air, I would still have a USB C port where I could plug in something else into that if I needed to grab something on the fly. It's a big deal. I mean, that's not you know. There's a lot of people out there with you know. Oh, well, I got to, you know, I'm always going to lose a port because I got it plugged into power. Well, now you're not going right. to. So that's kind of a, that's kind of a big thing. I think that, that's a great point. Um, does have, uh, it's got a headphone jack. Uh, it does, <laughs> but this, this there. makes me happy. Yeah, here it comes. So the, the headphone jack, just like on the pro on the air now supports high impedance headphones. So if anybody wants a headphone recommendation, let me know, because I can definitely tell you all kinds of them that need that extra boost on for high impedance. So you can or, get more or as a shame or as a shameless plug, just listen to an upcoming episode of this show where Eric's going to go maybe a little too deep into oh God, all yeah. things. Headphones I'm going to go way too deep. You guys are going to learn about <laughs> tubes and all that stuff. You're going to hate me by the end of that episode. Oh God. So, um, <laughs> sorry. So back to the air. Um, I, I thought this was going to back to why spend the money, additional color options. And I, I, I'm, oh, I'm, man. I'm, a, I'm a gadget head. I like yep. when you can get things in different colors and hues and, yeah. and color wares. Um, there's a, there's a midnight color that I just think is absolutely, I mean, beautiful. it's a, it's a throwback to the old MacBook in that matte black color that you could get. Yep. It was a that very was, short while. There was like, there was one short period of time where you could get that laptop and it was my favorite macbook ever my my <laughs> first my first apple computer my first mac uh my now wife had one prior to me that i used and actually where i fell in love with mac os and then later got my own macbook and it was a um it was the 13 inch plastic black yep. book unibody it was yep. no not even unibody no this was oh. pre unib this oh it was had, it? it okay was, oh yeah um it was Intel at least. So it was, a, I have a core two duo probably, but um, <laughs> we won't spend too much time on that. This is not on my first episode, but, right. um, but this, to your point, this, it's not like dark, dark black. Like those were, those were just this so midnight. It's got a little bit yeah. of a, a kind of a bluish hue, scene, right? A bluish hue. Yeah. But I just think it is a gorgeous computer. Um, yeah. It's, it's going to, it's really awesome. I think, I think we're going to have like trouble that. finding those, you know, uh, I think I that one's going to sell out uh, before the other ones will. I will be in line. Um, yeah. Anyway, um, space gray, silver, those are still there. Um, a kind of a toned down gold. Uh, they're calling yeah, it they, starlight. Starlight well, is it, their it, new it's thing. It's more yeah. champagne-y than um, like the, the old it's gold It's like a cross between gold, gold and rose gold, right? It's kind of yeah, like yes. the love child of rescue right things. Yeah. Yes. Um, so they, they have that. Uh, sorry, I kind of skipped right over. So the, the Hyden Peens headphones on the three and a half millimeter jack, but also just better speakers in general. Yeah, over, it has four speakers instead of two, right? Yep. And also important in today's world continues to be the freaking webcam finally got updated. It's got a 1080p webcam. I'm I'm on that right now, John. Can you see me? Do I look clearer? Sure. We'll go with that. that. I I just can't believe that we're, that we have to be this excited in 2022 that something no longer has a 720p. Yeah. We're not even at a 4k on this thing yet. That's hilarious. I mean, we, we will do a much deeper dive on this device. We're going to do a what's in the box episode once we actually get one in hand. But in the meantime, I will just say going back to the original premise at a $200 price golf between everything we just listed and the now almost two-year-old M1 Air, I just can't see where it's not more valuable to save, trade in, work and do what you have to do. You will get in this one person's opinion far more than your $200 of additional value out of that jump. Not to mention, I just don't believe in spending anywhere near $1,000 
for something that is that aged. It is it is an aged, still a great computer, but it is yep. a two-year-old platform design. It's a, what we just said, it's, four-year-old design running a two-year-old like process. The only reason it's here is so they don't have a comma in the price. And if yep. you purchase that laptop now, you're you're buying a computer that they're no longer going to sell within the year, probably. Within one or two years, you know, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, yep. it's you're it's done you're not gonna they're not gonna upgrade you and you can't upgrade it so you're you know it is what right. it is what you get is what you get i would say like you said spend the extra couple hundred bucks and yeah. get one that's you know brand spanking new so now going back to other things they did because i'm just going to contend they did because they had to so we alluded to this mm -hmm. earlier there's the updated air quotes 13 inch macbook pro so again, if you heard us talking here recently, we were just talking about the 14 inch MacBook Pro that was announced late last year in 2021 that Eric just yep. got his, you know, four months after he ordered four it. Four months after I ordered week. it, yeah. Um, so they are especially the higher end models that Eric design, um, customized in short supply. Apple did choose to update the 13 inch Pro, which makes sense in that the original M1 Air and the 13 inch Pro were the launch duo Right. of along with the mac M1. mini were the launch yep. yeah of the m1 lineup so that part made sense what didn't make sense is nothing else on this on this computer got updated it is the same 13 inch macbook pro going back years old design this so it's in that way it's like the m1 air that's sticking around it's keeping that aged design but it's getting the new processor. It's got the M2 in it. Yeah. And I just, there's a, there's a few reasons why I think it exists. Um, they know full well, especially with supply chains being what they are, they cannot get the 14 inch pro cheap enough yet. They need right. a laptop to bridge the gap with a, with pro in the name that hits that $1,500 price point. Apple's all about servicing every price point. If you're within $20 of what you want to spend, Apple probably has a skew that fits what you're looking to spend. And this is a spend play. They needed a yeah. laptop with pro in the name to hit that mid thousand. So the, the $1,500, $1,600 price point. And yep. they knew full well, there was no way with component prices, what they are, that they could get a 14 inch pro down to that price point and hit their margins. So yeah, I, no, you're, I you're absolutely right. That, yeah. that, that's why this computer exists. And they also realized if they need to keep making that computer, it go back to you, Eric, your point about foundry, you know, output and supply chains. It's, I don't know this. I'm guessing it is actually more cost efficient for them to convert to making more M2 processors than yes. to keep making M1 processors for this one computer. It's the only yeah, reason absolutely. why I'm actually surprised. I'm actually genuinely surprised the M1, the, the 999 MacBook Air. I'm actually somewhat surprised they didn't keep that form factor around and just stick the M2 in it. I, I think that at the end of the day, the only reason they didn't go that far was because they couldn't, at, at that point, it would be harder to justify that, like what the why price pay the $200 gap. more. Yeah. Uh huh. Because yep. um, if you're getting the same processor, so there's just I think there's a lot of we're seeing secondary effects of supply chain and component price concerns and yeah. Apple's obsession with hitting every single price point imaginable. And I, but I also get it. You have to have a laptop in that prosumer price point where yeah, it's like exactly. the person's not ready to plink down two grand for the baseline air quotes 14 inch Pro, but they need something, I don't know, with a fan in it. Cause we didn't mention the new MacBook air for all of its capabilities, still fanless, still which, fanless is awesome, which is awesome, but that also yeah. thermally throttle some of its capabilities. So if you are looking for something that can do that entry level pro grade stuff, physics are still physics. You need a fan. Yep. So I just, 
I just think it's a it's a Frankenstein parts bin play, price point play, efficiencies and models of scale play. It, it, it's just an odd computer to have in existence that much like that M1 Air, my bold prediction, I don't see this one sticking around with us very long. I think that skew literally exists because Apple decided they had to make it. Yeah, at I the end of the day, they it's... either want you to go down to the Air, yeah. the, the the newer Air, or up to the 14 inch Pro, but yeah. they couldn't have that gap sitting on their store. And I think you know, there's always rumors flying around, and there's rumors flying around of more MacBook Air sizes and things like that that might be coming out that might bridge that gap a little more. And I, they're they're realigning their product line over the next you know 12 to 18 months. I feel like to kind of get all new designs and in the new process. Well, M allows them to do that because they control, they control the TDP. They control the down to the Silicon level. They can start to, what we're seeing is the last vestiges of a lineup of Apple computers that call it what it is. were being equal parts driven by their own design and Intel's capabilities. Yep. I mean, really, I mean, it's, I, 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 my frustration was right there with everyone else's about the stagnation of the Mac lineup for all those years. And while, Certainly, they are Apple. They could have done anything they wanted to. I insist on placing at least part of the blame on they were at Intel's you know, discretion on what they yep. could provide them and what yield. And that left us with what we had because my confidence continues to reassert with Apple, seeing what they're already doing. The M class has been with us for two whopping years. And look at what the activity in the Mac space in those two years. Oh, yeah. I mean, compared they're, to they're we selling more the than a decade ever. prior to that. Yeah. They're selling more computers than ever, and it's, you know... And they're interesting computers. That, that's yeah. Going back to my love of the gadgets, they're doing interesting things. I mean, don't get me wrong. This this, this MacBook Air, it, it's a great ultralight computer, but it's just, if they're not doing anything revolutionary right. per se with the form factor other than it is a great looking, I'm assuming exceptionally well-built, we'll find out here soon enough, computer... But when you match that with the capabilities of what M2 brings to the plate, or just the M lineup in general brings to the plate, that's a lot. The stuff you were listening off before about support for ProRes and high impedance yeah. headphones, everything that's that's an enormous amount of computer. You go back to, you know, everyone talks about the Apple tax. I'm sorry, that's a lot of computer for $1,200. It really is. Yeah. When you, when you compare, I mean, the $1,200 would get you in the Dell space of that same kind of feel of computer. A You're looking at an XPS. XPS 13. Right, an XPS 13 in the middle of the road, and it would not have... I don't think the new XPS 13s even have a headphone jack, first of all, Um, because I think they did away with it on the newest iteration of that computer. And then... It's been a while. (laughs) And then, you know, it has kind of the same sort of connections on the side of it otherwise. You know, you're not getting any more uh, USB-C ports on that one. You might get a USB-A or something like that. I'm not sure if they still have that on the newest one or not. But, you know, you're getting a an i5 at that price range, most likely a middle of the road, i5 processor, eight gigs of Ram, you know, you're getting basically the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you're, we're already seeing that the, the M one processors, you know, coupled with the efficiencies you get from the OS and everything you're, you're getting, you're running circles around that i5. Right. With, well, with your general tasks. Pun so. very much intended. It's not apples to apples. It's just right. not. Because when you say the MacBook Air has eight gigs of RAM, yes, the theoretical limitation is the same, but the way Mac it OS at a software level utilizes eight gigs of RAM in that equation simply isn't equivalent to eight gigs of RAM in a 
Windows 10, right. Windows 11 based environment. Yep. I use both. This is not even, you know, right. Yep. Prejudice. Yeah. That's what I was about this to say. Just, this isn't, yeah. this isn't, this isn't us regurgitating what Tim Cook told us on stage one time. This I is live in these use. environments yep. all yeah. day long. Yes. Yeah. I've used, I mean, I had the, I had the baseline MacBook Air M1, which was eight core CPU, seven core GPU, eight gigs of RAM, 256 hard drive, the absolute baseline. Yep. And, and I had, you know, 20, 30 Chrome tabs open sometimes running the, mm-hmm. running the podcast stuff off of it, you know, doing video editing and for, uh, for YouTube videos and things like that, mostly 1080p, some, a little bit of 4k, right. all that kind of stuff. I did all of that. I, I never, I never had a single issue with Ram, not once. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't doing multi cam 4k Stream, video editing like and, and you know, I wasn't, I wasn't obviously doing that pro level stuff on there, but I was doing at the very least prosumer level stuff on that computer very much so. And I never ran into a Ram limitation on it. Not once. So right. yeah, it's not the same. All right. Well, we have absolutely beaten the hard. Oh yeah, we have. Well, yeah, the hard shocker to no one. Yeah, we get excited um, about that stuff. I guess I'll bookend it with none of this stuff was available for order or even pre-order at the announcement. It's coming in July, is what July, it sounds yeah. like. Um, orders open up in July, so uh, yours truly will be uh, waiting in line, ready to go. Yeah. Um, quite you, got your, you got your tent ready to put outside the Apple um, store. I got you. Absolutely not. I have the. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway. Um, but again, this is WWDC. This is a developer conference. So yeah. that's why it was, that's why it genuinely was. And the hardware is very important to developers. I don't want to skip over that. I mean, they, they are the ones making the software that brings this hardware to life. But still, what this is normally more solely focused on is, I mean, let's start with the big one for really those developers and the people in the public at large. It's iOS. Absolutely. Yep. So um, this brought iOS 16. Again, not out. Um, developer preview is out. Public preview coming out next month. It typically lags behind about a month for stability and whatnot. So Joe Public isn't dealing with quite as some of those rough edges. Um, to be announced, I'm sorry, to be launched later this fall, September-ish, more than likely. Yeah, um, mid to end of September usually. Yeah. yeah, historically alongside a new iPhone. I think that's you know remains a pretty safe bet. Uh, yep. as we always say, we never know until it's in our hands, but, uh, I'm going to go ahead and say it's a safer bet than usual. An iPhone 14 family lineup more than likely, uh, alongside this iOS 16 launch. So, um, there was a lot here and I, and I, I do, yeah. you know, don't want to breeze over it because so if you're, if you're all in it to win it on the software, please go look up some articles, watch some video recaps. There's, there's way more than we're going to get to touch, especially after going yeah. that far down the, the hardware rabbit hole. But some of the like big ones for yeah. me at, yeah. Some of the big ones for me, at least, Eric, the irony, you and I were just talking the other day about how we feel that iOS has absolutely grown up alongside us over the years. Like, it's yeah. easy to think, of, man, iOS hasn't changed in forever. But really, if we if we dug out my iPhone 3G and fired it up and sat <sighs> sure. it next to my 13 Pro Max, the operating system is almost unrecognizable in a lot of key areas, up to and including wallpaper. I mean, let's remember but, that for a second, how big a deal it was when we got wallpaper yeah. um so but that said the the fundamental components in a big way also have not changed almost since inception take the lock screen for example sure we've gotten some notifications and whatnot over the time but one of you know ios 16's biggest announcements is the ability to finally do something with that wall with your lock with, screen with, uh, customize lock it a lot screen. yeah Yep. So and which I talking. guess yeah. when I, when the announcement first happened, when they went, like yep. they launched into it and they're like, we're so excited to announce. Eh, and they like, they went into lock screen and I'm like, okay, I just, this I didn't, what we're doing. yeah, I just felt kind of like, all right, lock screen, here we go. But then as 
I got to think about it after the event more yep. about like the one of the big things that they announced was um, widgets, like being able to put right. widgets on the lock screen. You know, iOS style. I'm sorry. Um, Apple Watch style yeah. widgets and whatnot. Complications. I'm sorry. I mean, things right. like that. On yeah. I mean, I, in retrospect, after, you know, like rolling my eyes a little bit during the presentation, I'm actually kind of excited about that. I am as well because so, I do think in Apple land, because this is not so with, with Android. I will say Android has had a much more diverse lock screen experience for a long time. Yes. Apple yep. has not. And I will say, again, as a user of both platforms, the lock screen has the ability to be an entire layer of interaction with your device that for the most part has been all but missing on the iOS side of the pond. I mean, really what we get is the time, whatever yep. wallpaper you threw on there, and then some notifications that you can occasionally maybe get rid of without completely changing the flow of your phone. I mean, it's really been right. kind of a mess <laughs> yeah. what you could do and what you could do wasn't very much. Flip over to an Android phone, properly set up and configured, there's a lot you can accomplish without ever going deeper than that first layer of interaction, without ever getting past the lock screen, yeah. as it were. So adding to that, you know, a lot of, they're bringing, you know, these live activities that let you, you know, yep. bring, I, sports I'm, scores I'm, or, yeah, yeah. You know, um, one of their, um, marketing bits was like showing like you can pin a live activity for like an Uber driver that's on the way and like what their distance is and what, like stuff like that. You normally have to sit there with the Uber. Like I, I did this dance at an airport a few weeks ago, yep. standing yeah. there at the curb phone unlocked in my hand, you know, staring, watching at the, the guy approach for the Toyota yeah. Corolla to come up. And now it's yep. like, sure. Now my phone, big deal. It's locked versus unlocked, which is like, yeah, if I can just glance down and get glanceable information, bringing that, um, and being able to triage multiple bits of glanceable information versus no, I have to keep the Uber app open up on my screen. That's all I'm looking at yeah. until like it's, it does change the ability to flow in on and around the operating system and the device itself. So I, I, I agree there, there's depth there to be had. Um, there's a lot of customizations, colors, you know, color scheme changes. They've got this layered photo ability, which they keep showing off. It's, yeah, it's pretty interesting cool. Yeah. Where you, know, you kind of like set the clock back behind a layer of your photo. And that's, that'll be something to play with again. Yeah, like I if you've got a person, choice. your kids on your, on your lock screen or whatever, right. like part of their head will obscure just the bottom of the clock, just to give it kind right. of a 3d effect or whatever. It's, it's gimmicky, but it, it, it makes it look more modern. Just at first glance, True. picking up your phone, it feels more modern when you see those complications and you see that kind of, you know, 3D effect that it's doing and all that stuff. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you know, pun intended, getting, getting past the lock screen, um, there's also a lot going on um, on the iMessage side of things, that was another yeah. big one where you know a lot of people spend a lot of time in iMessage. Um, let's let's call it what it is. There's people talk about iMessage lock-in for a reason. It's because it's one of those things that Apple refuses to open up to anyone else because they know it's. Oh, there's a lot of people who have an iPhone because they don't want to have a green bubble. I mean, let's just let's just well, call it sure. what it is. I, I I I don't remember the name of the comedian. I'm so sorry, but I'm gonna you know I was watching a comedy special the other day, just some guy talking, and he he was like you know, don't you hate it when somebody messages you and there's a green bubble and you're just like, ah, oh, why are you poor? Like there's a status <laughs> symbol oh my with, no, with the green bubble, right. you know, you're it's right. just, it's a thing. I'm not it's, saying it's that's right, but you're right. right. There not, is a yeah. genuine perception there. That's, that's, that's the perception is real. And therefore for some people is a reality. So it's iMessage is, so let's say iMessage is very important as a tent pole feature of the operating system. And they made some, what I think is a meaningful changes. Um, 
the number of times I have to send a follow-up message, you know, star whatever, because I'm that. Oh God, me too. Uh, Oh, me too. And uh, the number of times I've sent five or six messages to send a single thought because I can't spell apparently even with autocorrect, um, editing. So this is all we do editing your messages. I do think is valuable. Um, I've had some people raise concerns about, you know, well, you know, but once you send it, it's sent. I'm like, okay, yeah, but if you're going to your text message thread as a historical record of a conversation, like an immutable record of a conversation, you might want to rethink your social interactions with that yeah. person. Yeah, like what I, kind I of phones know, do just, you have if they're reviewing I, what you said? Do you remember right. six months ago when you misspelled there? <laughs> yeah, I remember, yeah. Uh, and the same goes for you know, unsending. You know, they got the ability to, you know, take it back. I, you know what? I'm, I'm good with it. They're, they're, I'm human. I have hit send and instantly regret it. Now, did did they mention, is there some sort of a time limit on that? Or is it like, it's just your uh, last message you can pull back? Um, I believe it was your most recent message. Okay. Well, that's cool. Yeah. I mean, I, I, obviously, I, I would want to follow up change. and verify I mean, it's that. early. Yes. I it's early days. It was they your last it, sent but... message. Okay. And it's not just regret. I mean, we've all said things and, and I, I do agree with the point of order without that. Listen, you know, if you're, if you feel that bad about saying it, you shouldn't have said it in the first place. There is that aspect of it too. Like the life doesn't have an undo button. And I get that very, in a very real way. Um, but some, it doesn't always have to be, you know, Oh, I shouldn't have been a jerk and said that sometimes it could also just be, I sent the wrong information. Let me claw that back and edit it and then send the correct information, which you now have two options to do. You can either edit edit it or, or pull it back and resend it. If there was something just completely you completely fat fat fingered the whole thing the number you know (laughs) yeah these are text messages also how many times have you unlocked your phone started typing away and hit send and realized you opened up to the wrong thread yeah you know i mean there's there's real life situations where sure we could all just slow down to speed up and not be a goofball about it but there's just you know there's a sense of reality to it also so i i don't i'm not you know I'm not looking to create a morality fight here where one doesn't right. necessarily need to exist. It's a text message. And again, yeah. I invite you to re revisit the root cause of your concern if it's raising that level of concern for you. Yeah. I just think the quality of life update is more valuable in the long run. There was another gimmicky thing that they did on there that re- it was real brief, but it just looked really cool. And like, I'm excited okay. to try it. There was a point where the guy was like, you can now like copy objects out of a picture to send in a text message it was real brief in the presentation but he went to a picture of a dog and like held his finger on the dog and then like pulled it into his messages and it just brought the like caught the dog out and brought just that and to to send it almost like a gif object rather than a whole it was just it was real brief it was like three seconds on the screen they just showed them doing it they said something real fast about it but i was like wow that's that's really cool. It's like, again, it's all that machine learning that they're building into their chips, allowing you to do that on the fly. And of course, it's not always going to be perfect depending on the background and how it blends with the thing you're trying to pull out there. I'm sure there's limitations to it, but it just seemed like it would be a really cool thing to be able to do to send funny little messages you right. know, back and forth to each other. Just one of those quality yeah. of life sort of updates that's kind of fun. We are further memifying our lives. Yeah, absolutely. Um, no. Why not? <laughs> um, one of the more serious note bits, but I do also feel, I think it was one of the most meaningful and even for a couple ways beyond its, its stated purpose. Um, the, the, the safety check feature I think is yes. real, is, 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 is powerful and meaningful That's in a real really, way. Yeah. 
and to touch on what it is and, and on face value, why it exists, which is, you know, the intent is people who are in situations where they have a concern that either an abusive relationship or they're just, they, 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 they're, they need to know that they know that they know that someone who may have had tracking ability on them no longer has it at the push of a button. Um, that has been an impossible tangle to undo up until this point. The thought yes. of going through and literally going app by app and clawing back yep, those Making sure that nobody has, yeah. Yep. All it's, those privacy it's her- permissions. It's a Herculean, if not impossible task. And to add this as an ability to give that peace of mind that for whatever the reason is, heaven forbid the worst ones to be able to push a button and know that, okay, here and now there is no one on the other end of this conversation that is tracking my location, my activities, my what have you. That is, that's huge from a digital well being and peace of mind perspective. Yeah, that's, I think it's great. I, well, I mean, it goes, it goes back to, to one of the, this needs to be one of those moments where if any other platform isn't already doing it, maybe there's an equivalent to this that I just missed out on. This should be universal. This yeah, is just absolutely. one of those things where it needs to be there. I was going to say, it goes back to kind of, you know, to, to, you know, put it in the Wayback Machine and go to an earlier episode. It, it kind of touches on the changes that they made to AirTags, you know, for the tracking people being, you know, maliciously tracked with an AirTag, you know, and the, the safety measures they put in to make sure that that kind of stuff can't happen. This is kind of an extension of that. It just gives you the ability to, with a push of a button, go dark to anyone who yep. may have had the ability to see your location or, you know, past messages or, you know, anything like it just, it locks them everybody out and resets all of your privacy settings in one push of a button, which is, it's very the, powerful. The ever growing power of this technology represents in my mind, two separate components of responsibility that have to exist. We, as the people choosing to purchase and use this technology, no one is holding a gun to my head and saying, you shall use an iPhone. I'm, I'm deciding to use that product. So it is my responsibility to try and be a good human and use it properly and not, you know, don't be evil. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's, 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 that's my side of that social contract. But as we've also alluded to in other episodes, the air tags one included, the other side of that social contract is the company's producing and providing us these devices have the responsibility to give us that control to give us the ability to take back that that piece of self and And this is one of the most clear manifestations of that prerogative that 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 imperative to say we've given you a tool capable of all of this we are now giving you also the ability to turn it off yeah and 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 i think the biggest deal is a simple way to turn it off in yes. easy way. Yeah, you don't to have, have to know the depths of iOS right. to be able to do this. So yeah, giving me a hundred toggle switches does not constitute, you know, ability. You, you nailed it on the head to say someone has the ability to do something. It needs to be the realistic ability to do it. You're not yeah. just checking a box. You says, well, if they wanted to, they could go do this. No, this is, this is one of those moments where it's, this is a net good. This is a win for people who need that ability. But then as I mentioned that even beyond its face value, I, I hope to want to think that I wouldn't be in a, ever have to be in the position where I need it for that reason, but it still serves even one of my own personal imperatives, which is I like to do a reset on all sorts of things every so often. You and I were talking about yeah. this the other day. I don't, and it's not because of a failing in the technology. I don't migrate my phone settings when I get a new phone every year. Yeah, it start, is, is one of my scratch. reset moments. I set up from scratch. It once upon a time was born out of the migration process was messy and stuff broke and what have you, but I still do it to this day, knowing full well, it works quite well. Um, 
I enjoy that ritual of the reset and deciding what apps get reinstalled, what data goes back on my phone, what settings do I want to set up? That's a very, that's yeah, part I mean, I, of my digital Yeah, person. and I did that on your recommendation. That was what the conversation we were having was yeah. last week when this new laptop, laptop arrived. I'm like, should I just back it up with you know, time machine and then restore it on there. And you said that you always do a fresh setup. And I was like, you know what? It's probably good for me to do that too. So I did it. I set this computer up from scratch and I, I couldn't believe in the year and a half that I'd been using that computer, how many things were on that computer that I just didn't use. And yep. I'm like, wow, I, I don't need to no install one that. I don't need to install that. Apps. Right. Exactly. So it was like, you know, it was, it was nice to be able to start fresh and, and yep. you know, that's, it's, you're right. It's a, it's a powerful thing to be able to do that. And to do that with your privacy settings at the yes. push of a button is a big deal. That's so. to be able to do that without the need to reset my entire phone. That's pretty powerful. That, that again, that is very powerful, not pretty powerful. Yeah. It's the ability to say, you know what? I, not because I necessarily even believe anything bad is going on or anything wrong. Just the ability to say, you know what? Yeah. I don't recall how many apps I may have opened and just without thinking about it, hit. Okay. Track yeah. me to infinity. Right. You know what I mean? Yep. So to be able to say, you know what, every so I'm just going to do a reset and then let them ask me every time I reopen the app just takes a few seconds, yep. but to take back that control of the things you may or may not still be using. I just think that's being in that mindset will serve all of us better as these devices get more capable, more intrusive by design, more, and more entrenched in our present. lives. Yeah. Yes. in everything we do. All right. So that I was think a little heavier, but that, that was, yeah. that was a big one for me. Well, so I'm just going to breeze over the, the, some other stuff with iOS just so, cause you know, there's some other big stuff that we, I want to touch on the new Mac Absolutely. OS and things like that. So some other things that they announced since feel free to chime in if there's anything you yep. really, you know, something that pings you. One of the funny ones was, you know, they're going to, Apple's going to do a pay later kind of Apple like, pay a, later. yeah, kind of like an a Here's the only of, thing I'll chime or, in on that. Yeah. Cause the, yeah, the, 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 the BNPL thing is obviously it's very big. It's also a little bit controversial right now. I feel yeah. we may even do an episode on it at some point. Yeah. I, I, I use several of those services yep, me mostly because I just, I like spreading out the cash flow. Impact, it doesn't hurt so I, bad when you can spread it out. Yeah. Right. I also think as with anything to do with your finances, going back to that responsibility matrix I was talking about, um, Yes, these companies are providing you a tool that can be misused, but this is one where my own personal, this is not the show, this is John's personal held belief. You, at the end of the day, are still making a conscious decision as an adult in charge of your own finances, what and how you're spending your money. Yep. And to directly vilify the companies that are providing a tool that's potentially being misused, look in the mirror first. If they're using predatory practices to, you know, that that's one thing. But if you are clicking buy now and then putting yourself in a financial position that you know full well you can't support please just take a beat and think yeah. about your piece of that responsibility pie that, yeah. that, that you're thinking on so <laughs> right exactly I, that i'll leave that alone with one other note though on apple pay later that i think this is news noteworthy um because they obviously didn't get into it during the event this is the first time i believe in their corporate history apple is actually directly providing the financing for this like they are a bank now for all intents and purposes. That's interesting. Is that is so that that was one of the questions that I was going to ask about this that I'd forgotten about until just now. Is this backed by your Apple card? So like, do you have to apply for and be approved for an Apple card to use their buy now, pay later? Or I do not separate? know. I do not believe so. And the reason I don't believe so is the Apple card is backed by, I think it's Goldman Sachs. I have yes. one. You think I would know? Yep. Yeah, it um, is. Yeah. But Okay, that was the distinction. The immediate assumption by many was that this is going to be an extension of that Goldman Sachs relationship. Um, Apple has a 
separate, but still an Apple entity that is it's like Apple financing LLC or something right. like that. But that they are wholly internally managing and carrying the finance for, financing for that for Apple Pay later. Um, which is just, that is a, that is a very new step for them as yeah, an entity. And as I didn't a, realize as that. that, that'll be interesting to see yep. how that works, but okay. So then the other things that they announced were, um, some updates to maps on, on iOS and the ability to, um, it was like something about adding stops on the route and things like that. They're, they're basically just making the maps app a little bit more, more robust. quality of life stuff. I yeah. mean, let, let, let's, let, again, the only beat I throw on that is. Apple Maps remains the butt of a joke, especially in in our circles. And this is not a shot at Google Maps, because if I happen to be using my Android phone, of course I'm using Google Maps. It's great. It is a phenomenal product. I also will tell you Apple Maps, at least where we live, I know there was a time not too many years ago where I would have to consciously go into Google Maps to go certain places because I knew full well Apple Maps was just going to take me the the wrong way. Yeah, Yeah, I I, just blatantly take me the wrong way i that happened that happened to me personally here so yeah i mean i i put it into apple maps not not honestly not realizing i was in apple maps i thought i was in google maps i put in an address and i'm driving along and i'm like this is the wrong direction (laughs) like it really it took me completely to the wrong place so um so yeah i mean there's that and then they did update parental controls which i thought was kind of an interesting some of the stuff they did with the parental controls was great you know for me i have a son who's you know less than double digits in age. He has his own (laughs) iPad that I've set up and you know, the parental controls now, like if he gets a new device, a new phone, you know, in the future when he's ready for a phone or a new iPad, when there's an update out or something like that, I can literally just go in and like hold my phone next to that new iPad and say, this is, this is for my son. And then like click on his little name and, and it sets that iPad up with his parental controls and everything out of the box all set up for him, pulls all of his settings down, connects everything, all of that at the push of a button. Pretty cool, especially for people like I wouldn't have problems setting it up from scratch. But for somebody who isn't as tech savvy to want to be able to set those kind of things up at the click of a button is is pretty powerful as well. Again, right. quality of life type stuff. Agreed. And that was really, that was all the notes that I had really for the different things that they had. We touched on everything else, I there, think. And we're, we're just, again, to set the stage, we as always are going to be getting hands-on with this stuff, developer yeah. previews, public previews. So more to come on the show in that, but you know, we do have so much more and we're running over on our own timeline. So yep. actually, let's, let's jump from iOS as it were. Um, I think an easy and relatively quick stop would be over to watch OS because yeah. I just don't... you. Eric, Here, you were me, underwhelmed. You want me to read? Want me to read my note that I made during <laughs> sure. the during the thing? Watch OS, meh. That was that's literally <laughs> my note. <laughs> you know, and then I expanded a little bit on it as it went on because um, the only thing that they really announced that had any sort of meaning to me was this new medications thing that they're doing. Sure. Um, that basically is going to rem- remind people when to, they can enter their medications into the health app. Their watch will right. remind them, hey, it's time to take your pill. Um, yep. I don't personally take any medication on a regular basis it do, it's not very meaningful to me but i know that this you will be meaningful to a lot, of wood for a lot of people um, especially yeah. the biggest thing is um interactions it'll literally tell you like you know let's say you're you went to one doctor and you're on one medication you go to a new doctor they put you on a medication they don't necessarily check your medical history they don't ask you the right questions yeah, whatever you leave you enter your new, your new medication in there and it pops up and says hey there's a there's a severe interaction warning with these two medicines it gives you at least that hey stop consult, pause don't yeah, take go that consult call a doctor. your medical professional yeah, yeah so and absolutely. i mean and that's that's important that, that's honestly a very small thing that's going that to save, save lives, lives. 
yeah. which is that's that's cool. I mean, that's that's yeah. awesome. So of the yeah. meh note, that was important. I thought yeah. so. There, and there were good. They continued to double down on quadruple down at this point um, on what on the Apple Watch being a, a fitness first device. There was some sleep yeah. related stuff. Um, sure, I, I, I'll I'll be the first one to say they can talk about sleep stuff all they want. They got to show me a multi day battery. I mean, yeah, it's just, I can't. It, it, it is meaningless to me until I can get through yeah. a minimum of every two time, days. Yeah. Every time I see it, that, it, I think, pointless. okay, so I have to take off my watch a couple hours before bed so it can charge enough that I can put my watch back on and wear Sleep it through the night. And then I'll make it through maybe the rest of the day. But if not, I'll have to make sure I've got my charger with me so I can charge my watch so I can make it right. long enough that I can put it on the charger before I go to bed. Yep. It's just too much. Yeah, you're right. It uh, needs a multi-day you, battery. Yeah. You mentioned the app, the uh, health app too. I did want to point because this ties together watch OS and iOS. Um, an important note about iOS 16, the app, the health app is coming to the iPhone, whether or not you have an Apple watch previously, that was exclusive to, if you have and use an Apple watch, you can now, obviously you're missing a lot of the telemetry that comes to it from the Apple watch. The if you're watch. just, yeah. there are some genuine you know, benefits to the health app in general that are, is now going to be available natively and they, at the iOS 16. And they did mention, I think, even things like, you know, your steps and all that kind of stuff. It's going to use telemetry from the phone to, if you don't have a watch, like it's actually going to pull some of that data from there, which is pretty cool that they're, that they're integrating that and making it so you don't necessarily have to have the watch to get that. So touching on a couple of other quick things before we get on the last one that we'll probably talk on for a little bit. They talked about some smart home stuff to me. I'll defer to you on this because you use it more than I (laughs) do, but to me, it looked mostly like quality of life improvements, kind of like changing how the app looks and how you interact with the app. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll so. sum it up in two buckets, really, and in the interest of time. The the home app itself is getting a much needed fresh coat of paint. Um, there, I still think there's plenty more they can do with it, but I mean, it is, I spend less time in the home app. I, I just, I know me. It's not a, it's not a nice place to be. It's just, right. it's not a, it is not a good looking app. Functionally, it does what I need it to. I can turn stuff on and off. I can set up the occasional routine. I can push some firmware updates to my home pods. But I mean, right. beyond that, it is not an app I enjoy using because it doesn't look good. It's bad UI and UX. It just is. Yep. Yeah. Um, so I'm excited to see changes coming there. The other one, that's easier to miss because it really didn't directly mean a whole lot, but I, I continue to hope and believe it's going to was for them on stage to so visually and audibly throw it down on matter. Um, matter is the promise is all there to be a meaningful platform for interaction between Apple home kit and Google home devices and Alexa devices and every, the matter standard, the smart home is going to continue to be a figment of our imagination in some very real ways until more of these devices can consistently and reliably communicate with each other right. around each other and yeah. for each other. You don't want to have and, to go to a store to shop and have to pick up and look at the back of every box to see which smart home yeah. software it's compatible with. Yeah. This does not need to be a VHS beta max situation. Right. Then this needs to be make the best widget that's going to make my home, my life better and make it so we can talk to all the other stuff that I decide I want to use. Do not make this a lock-in situation. The smart home yeah. will continue to be a figment of our imagination until it is a format for so long as it is a format war. Yep. 
There's yeah. just there because there's ne- there will not be a winner. Alexa, um, Amazon will continue to make a b- bunch of money. Google and Apple will keep playing with it. Every five years, Microsoft will decide to try and then ignore it six and then months later. It. Yep. And that's just going to be the cycle until there is the ability, until it becomes an interoperability platform that has meaningful penetration to all these different makes and brands and systems. Yep. And, I, and it I, seems like I, this is a start anyway. Matter seems and, like well, a it's, start. Well, matter yeah. is, it is hopefully the beginning of an answer. I'm not going to say yeah. it's the answer, but it's the beginning of one. As someone who has every reason to know what he's talking about about this stuff, the amount of time that it takes me to make any of this stuff function, and I mean between HomeKit and Hoobs and HomeBridge and right. everything. I mean, getting the, everything talking. Yeah. There are aspects of my home network that are more na- natively complicated than genuine business grade commercial networks that we manage as part of our day to day jobs yeah. because of the inability for smart home platforms to talk to each other pre- uh, to present. So that's, yeah. that's my soapbox. Yay, <laughs> matter. Hope it doesn't get delayed for the 44th time. And right. maybe later this year, we'll actually see something of fruition come okay. to it. Um, and speaking of things that I can sum up very quickly and easily, because I try to make sure we don't spend too much of our time and therefore our listeners' time on stuff that frankly doesn't exist yet. Um, they showed us a really cool mock-up of the next generation of CarPlay. Yep. Apple's got this new addiction to calling things sneak peeks, by the way. Did you notice that? Like they yeah. use they yeah. I've sneak never peek. heard yeah. them use sneak peek more. That is the least Apple-y thing I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> For them to going back to them traditionally being a secretive company. Yeah, we can go down the rabbit hole about what that means for. Are they working on a car? Is this you know what? what, Are they trying to get out ahead of something because they know it's not ready yet, but they know that Google and everyone else is doing it too? I don't know, and I frankly don't care because until I can buy, and I realize we're talking about a car here. This isn't going down to Best Buy and plunking down a couple hundred bucks, but let's make it ridiculous. Until I can literally drive down to the corner to the, the car dealer that I choose to do business with and buy a vehicle that actually runs any of what they showed us in that mock-up video, that sneak peek was vaporware. It's pointless. Yes. It's, it was it fun to look at. Really it cool. Looked, um, yep. It looked like what I want. I will tell you from the perspective of what John wants in a car, that's it. Yeah. I mean, that would be My amazing. Car, I can't imagine how expensive that dash wide screen would be oh, that they showed. Sure. It's like a half a million dollar vehicle. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. I mean, and, and that's just it. So, uh, it all looked great. And I yeah. agree the portion, the, the one, there are several displays in my car. The one that happens to show CarPlay is the one I use. My gauge cluster is, a, I use it for the Speedo. And that's about, I mean, that, that's it. It has capability yeah. of doing a bunch of other stuff. I use none of it because the software behind it is garbage. Right. So I leave my completely digital dash alone and show me my fuel, my speed and my RPMs. And that's it. And I've got the displays that show me my CarPlay stuff. And those are the ones I care about because they actually work. So I'm all in on what they're proposing, but we're not going to waste any more time talking about it because it's, it is, I mean, it's, they show yeah, a bunch, they right put a now, bunch yeah. of, they put, they put a bunch of car manufacturers names up on a slide and says, look what we're working on. Well, guess what? Until Audi shows me a Q5, that's actually going to have all that stuff in it. Right. It's meaningless. Yep. Absolutely 100% meaningless. All right. So then I think on that note, we can move on to probably the last thing we'll talk about, which is Mac OS. So it's Ventura this year. Ventura. Um, and again, a lot of what looked like quality of life updates. Um, you know, one of, one, one of the big ones was Spotlight. I feel like that was one of the standouts to me in there. And, and, and I think this has the capacity, at least for the us of the world. To be a big one. I am yeah. a spotlight 
fanatic. Yeah. And for people I, who I don't know, Spotlight. if you're tuning into a WWDC podcast and you don't but know don't what Spotlight Mac is, yeah. Mac, Mac OS is, it's it's the search feature basically in Mac OS. It's, univer- so, it's, it's operating yeah. system level universal search. It right. is what, if you're in Windows world in the modern incarnation, you click the Windows button and nowadays your cursor goes straight to a search bar. You can look for an app or look for an object or do certain functions like math functions, things like that. That is the Windows equivalent of what we know as Spotlight. Yeah. Um, and it is that it's universal search of content and functions and features and settings and also some certain logical things like I, it is my main calculator. Seriously, if yep. I'm if I'm working on something, it is my go to calculator. I can hot key over to spotlight, right yep. put in a quick equation and get an answer. Yep. Um, it's it's it, it's valuable well beyond that. But that that's how basic as well the, the functionality is to me on a daily basis. And one of the things that I thought that they just touched on briefly that, you know, they just mentioned it in passing, which is a big deal to me. So just because I think it's cool, mostly not, I don't know how much I'll actually use it, but it's just, it's really cool. So one of the things in iOS and on the phones that's happened in recent years is you take a picture of something, you can go into that picture and select and copy and paste text out of the picture to, so like if you, you take a picture of an address or a menu or something like that, you can then go in and copy right. and paste text out of that image to put into a message or whatever you want to copy and paste it into. Well, now apparently they're working that into spotlight. So you will actually be able to search and it will find text in an image and pull that up as a result. That's, that's really cool. I mean, I think that could actually have some meaningful effects on how people search. Yeah. I'm going to use a real life example that's specific to my job, but therefore it's meaningful to me is I take, you know, part of what I do is when I go and do what we call a discovery session with a potential Mm -hmm. new partner and we go out and we're, so we're investigating their network and their technology. And I mean, I will take sometimes a couple hundred photos while there the ability to contextually search the content of those photos at a text level is to me game changing for how I then go back and index and, and pull data out of well, yeah, that I think about session it, for what I think we about it do like the next step. You know, you took a bunch of pictures of their server rack and they have Dell servers. You can go into spotlight and search Dell and it will bring up all the images right. of or the Power Dell Edge servers. Or, yeah, yeah, or, or exactly. Do they have an R740? No. Just type R740. Yep. There were yep, three of there them. There is. they are right yeah, there. Exactly. I mean, that's, that, that's a very John use case scenario, but there are, to your point, there are plenty of times where it's like you took a picture of a sign or a menu or, you know, and be able yep. to go back and search for that. That's, that, that, that's power. We won't this moment go too deep on what it implies that they're doing with all of your photos yeah. to be able to do that, <laughs> but whole different conversation for another day. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I, I thought, thought that was pretty yeah. cool, you know, absolutely. There, and to go on to one that I, will never use. And, and I put, and I put on my note, maybe I need more friends. Um, okay. Is Safari shared tab groups. Like basically you can share tabs in your Safari with friends and you can see which friends are interacting with the tab that you're sharing on Safari. I, I think it might be an example of Apple, not fully understanding how people do meetings. Maybe I don't even think yeah. it's for friends per se. I ju- I truly think they view this as a, I, I have to wonder if there's like four guys on the Mac OS team who <laughs> were just, they really went like, you know, we could just do this and then we can just not have to worry about it anymore. Like, I, I, yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> and, and there are, and I'm sure this is me being blind to a use case that there are people out there who are just going to freaking love this thing. But I know if you and I, or some of our team are working on something, we just do a screen share through teams or what have you. Yeah. And, 
I can just share my browser window with them and they can see the browser window right. that I'm on. I realize exactly. it's not interactive. Yeah. And this is an actual interactive layer. And there's I, I, I'm well aware there are other capabilities being represented here. But I also agree with you. I can't see the the, the, the day-to-day use feature, but yeah. this could also be a thing where I look up two years from now, I'm like, hey, man, remember when we couldn't do this? And right, th- and then we realize how just, great it is, yeah. This could easily be one of those. Um, who knows? So trying to, you know, because we're running way over on time here, but we're, yeah. you know, just a couple of key things that I want to touch on that we can spend a little bit of time on. Please one- tell me there's a pun intended in key things. Um, it, there, there, there was not intended as per usual, <laughs> but I'm so happy that my brain works in a way that constantly creates puns. Um, but no, the first one, I'm going to talk about one that's just kind of like a real quick one. Sure. I don't really need to stay on it very long, but, um, they had a new feature that they kind of touted, which they sort of have had, I think, but not in this, not this robust, which was handoff, which is basically yes. like being able to pass things from one device to the other. As you approach that device, yep. you can then send, you know, your, um, you know, you're on a, a FaceTime call and you walk up to your laptop, you can then pass it off to your laptop and your laptop's camera and, and everything takes over on that. We, we use that as a company in teams from Microsoft all the time. Yep. Like if I'm in my teams app and I'm on Absolutely. a call, I can walk up to my desk. I can be walking around the house doing something, you know, on and the transfer. teams call. And then I can yep. sit down at my desk again and transfer it over to my good headset and mic and everything. And it, and it takes over instantly. It works great. I love it. And I'm so glad that they're bringing it to Mac, um, in a, in a way that looks meaningful, you know, cause they've always kind of had the ability to like, you can, when you're sir, you're on, Saf- I was about to say surf and safari, um, the, the little, little beach boys reference That's there. Amazing. Um, so if you're on Safari and, you know, you're on a tab or whatever, and you come with your phone near your, your iPad or your laptop, it'll pop up and you can bring up the tabs that you were on. They've always kind of had that handoff feature, but it sounds like they're doing some more with that, which could be meaningful to people. So, yep. but to get to the pun, um, the big one <laughs> that I think could be uh, a game changer if, if it gets heavy adoption is pass key. Yes. Um, I mean that, that just, the well let's just let's let's try in a least weedy way as possible to talk about what it is because this is one for for yeah right for (laughs) us and what we do and what we do for people this has this has this has potential for being meaningful so yes it is passwords suck yep because humans suck at passwords it's we are not it is not natural for how we function especially in a modern sense so telling people you need to memorize there's the first problem. This complex string of things that, by the way, also needs to be different from every other complex string of things you use to get in somewhere. Please yep. do your best not to record it anywhere else that someone might get a hold of them. And oh, by the way, we're going to force you to change them every 90 days. Like you put all that cocktail together and you get my password one. Yep. That's my exactly password it. Two. My password three. Uh, that, that period. That is where this, where we get. So the, the human element of passwords is what will fail it always and forever. We sure we get into password manager apps and things like that. And then you have to have the conversation about putting all your eggs in one basket and what happens when they get compromised. I mean, it's, it's a rabbit hole. So maybe it, it does is. belong here with us. But yeah, right. <laughs> passkey at its simplest, passkey is taking that out and taking the what you know out of the equation and shifting it more to what you have, what's in your possession. Um, so for your phone at a functional level or your Mac at a functional level to become the password that gets you into a thing. Now that by itself 
at its most basic can be dangerous because what if someone steals it? What if someone not use in possession of it? But when you mix that possession aspect with verification through biometrics or you know any number of other verifications that you are who you say you are and you want to get into this thing, the benefits that pays off compared to memorize this thing that you are inevitably going to put on a sticky note and put under your keyboard. That, that it's all there. Yeah. That, that That's huge. But then one of the things that I appreciate when it comes to reality and they don't get credit for this until it does. One of the very first things they did, much like the car play sneak peek, was yeah. they flashed up a whole bunch of other people who are cooperating allegedly on if if this exists solely within iOS and Mac OS, it is it's, it's not it's, it's not gonna work. It's it's not meaningful enough. Yep. It, at that point it's then no different than the than the than me already letting iOS or what have you come up with crazy complex passwords and save them in my password manager app that therefore if I don't know them I can't lose them yeah. or more importantly it's just a fancier version of, of that right. password manager right. which which is fine it works but it's, it's fine not, no it's 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 yeah. it is meaningful but it's the, not the, the cross killer platform, that it's supposed to be the yes. cross platform thing is what makes this essential and what will make this indispensable to everybody when it hits that point absolutely so if it hits that point so right. that's that it's it's already cool it's already got a lot of promise but again almost like the car play thing i'm not going to waste too much of our time with it until it transcends the apple verse because it has to i've got to be able to use the equivalent of passkey on my phone to then get into my 365 account yeah. or yep. into my gmail account or into my Florida power really any accounts. account. Yep. That's yeah. why I mean like across all these different either other tech platforms or just places that have my Amazon. I tell people all the time, if you don't have every form of security on your Amazon account, you're a crazy person because guess you what? All every address you've ever there. lived into and every credit card you have is probably in your Amazon account yep. because we all value convenience over security. Call it what it is. So, yep, exactly so to right. have that ability to transcend all of those pieces, it is hugely important and necessary for this to ever reach the potential for what it could be for everyone from the true power user to Joe Public. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess the last thing that I'll that we'll talk about, which you know we can touch on a little more in detail, it's going to be the last thing for for Mac OS, but we'll also transition us kind of into iPad OS a little bit, which is um, they announced um, Stage Manager which was it, it's cross platform like it's going to be on the iPad OS and on Mac OS mm-hmm. and and it's basically a new kind of a new not, not necessarily new but a different way to manage multiple apps running it at is. the same time it yes so this is cuz we I guess we talked about you know iPad OS separate i iPad OS is getting the bulk of, if not all of the fun new iOS features. We can right. just simplify the iPad conversation right there. But the one that's, that is meaningful, I think mostly meaningful to iPad, they announced it during Mac OS originally, which I thought was interesting, but I, I see it being the most impactful to iPad OS is the stage manager ability to group applications in a windowed format, resize them in a windowed format, which is very, very meaningful, and then multitask that way. So it, what this is not is windowing as we think about it in a modern desktop class operating systems. It's not, I've got my Chrome window over here and my Teams window over there and my chat app and everything else up and, I'm re- and I've got them all resized and sharing my screen. That's not this. This is, they can be logically grouped and stacked so that you can add a tap, flip back and forth. Like let's say I've got 
my mail app and my chat app open in a notepad. I can have those open in a stack in, in Stage Manager and be able to very fluidly flip back and forth between them and interact with them in a more fluid way than what we currently have, which is swiping back and forth between whole screen apps or trying like anyway to, to get them to actually yeah. be in multi-window mode, which I'm sorry, the, the split screen mode, which is just this never worked right. Yeah. Again, I have every reason to know what I'm doing, and I struggle with that one. I know, yep. and you, you've said trying to educate an end user on how to do that is more or less impossible. Yeah, you this can. will hopefully yeah. give us that ability. We'll talk more about it once we have it truly in hand. The promise of it is to have something more akin to that desktop-like experience in a way that actually makes sense in a mostly, not wholly, but mostly touch environment like an iPad. Um, the other thing that was alongside this that is, I think, very meaningful for iPad users is you can now plug an iPad into an external display, which you've been able to do all along. But now that external display is treated as that, an external display, a second display. It doesn't, it doesn't clone mirror. the display, so you're right. seeing the same thing. It's actually an ex, like an extra monitor for your iPad. Yep. That that is it. We have people that we work with that that is their whole world is their giant iPad, and they even plug it into a big screen for visibility reasons, and they use an iPad on a 40 inch monitor because that's just how they roll. Yep. This actually gives the ability to do that in a meaningful way with na with native aspect ratios and just this there's going to be so much more to say about this once we get our hands on it, but going back to promise, this at least is announced. It's going to be on a product. It's going to be in our hands very soon. And I think could change the ability to use iPads as a productivity device. Again, it's on Mac OS. You're going to be able to use stage manager to better group and organize your windows. I just don't know how many people that have already been living in a windowed world in Mac OS are going to suddenly change how they manage their windows this way. Yeah. It'll be, it's, funny it's going to be, windows and Mac, but yeah. it's going to be, I predict, you know, people like my son who are going to get this update, they'll, they'll discover this feature on their iPad and then they'll go and out when they go into college or whatever, Mac. and they'll they'll get a Mac for the first time for their computer, and they'll and they'll have always been doing it like this. It'll be for those kind of trend, but people, yeah, old school people who've done it the same way. I'll probably I don't know how often I'll use it. I'll try it out, and if it of course does something meaningful for me, I'll keep using it. But you know, we'll see how it goes when we when we get there. Um, and then the only other thing for um, iPad OS was they had the collaboration software, and I, I'm blanking on what it was called free something uh, free Freeform, free i believe yep. yeah so again it was it was it was interesting it was treated as a sneak peek right which i thought was interesting <laughs> well uh, it is until it's, it's it right. is until it comes out i have more belief that this is a real thing it's going to come out i i have to wonder if this is a sneak peek because it's going to become real alongside some new piece of hardware coming later this year yeah. like, like an updated ipad is going to take even more advantage of what it's capable of i don't know i thought it was odd that this was or they're just super aware they're not going to be ready to launch this in the fall alongside right. the launch of ipad yeah. os so maybe that's why it was a sneak peek but i mean i love good collaboration apps i mean we use teams that way we use sharepoint and office 365 that way we've, we've used we whiteboard a couple of times <laughs> we've tried <laughs> yeah we've uh, but tried. that's just no because you're right it, that is a collaboration experience i've yet to use a great one right. i mean i love when I say whiteboards, I mean an actual whiteboard on a wall. I love 
thinking that way and collaborating that way. Yep. But you and I, we are the we are the example of that. We are a thousand miles away from each other yep. at almost all times. And the ability to share that experience and collaborate that way is meaningful to me. I want this tool because I've used several others that have tried to deliver it to me and it's, it's just, just never panned out. Yeah. Um, so it, it's I'm, again I'm if for this. The, with whiteboard as the example, it's a Microsoft product. It's another one of those products that we I feel like they were, they were like, this is a great idea. We need to do this. They had somebody program it up and then they just went, okay, cool. We're done. And then they've never really expanded on it or tried to improve right. it in a meaningful way. So yeah, nobody's ever gotten it all the way to the finish line. Everybody's gotten level. like about 70% of the way there. And then it just never gets all the polish yeah. that it needs to be quite usable. Um, um, the, the very last thing I wanted to throw in, cause I didn't want yep. to miss it. And maybe it was yours is, um, cause it, I think I have some snickers out of a lot of people, but oh, yeah. I have some thoughts. I know what you're um, talking about. So yes, this if, was the last thing on the list. <laughs> yep. So, um, we've already taken some pot shots at webcams in this, uh, in this, uh, episode and well before now, oh, yeah. um, the new Mac OS is going to give you the ability to literally hold your iPhone up to a Mac and it just becomes one of the cameras for that Mac. Yep. There's going to be a little stand adapter that mag saves to the back of it. And literally it props your phone up over top of your laptop. And I just, a lot of people treated this as, well, this is Apple admitting they can't make a good webcam. And to an extent you're right, but it's also a physics problem guys. Like, yeah, what little I know about cameras, I know that a certain element to a camera is the depth of the space of which you can make it. So unless we're all cool with thicker laptops, which I've yet to meet someone who is really like, yep, give give, give me a thicker laptop so I can have a 4K webcam. Haven't met them. Yeah, no way. Just haven't. I mean, um, just the new. Give form me a bigger factor. battery, and then we can talk. But just for a webcam, no, just, 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 it's not, it's not there. Um, so unless we want thicker laptops, not going to happen. Sure, we can talk about the new Apple Display and how very mediocre that webcam is, and that's that's a whole different problem for a different reason. Um, but no webcam that I know of is going to touch the quality or the ability of the camera that's riding around in my pocket on my iPhone. And a lot and, of that. Also, I mean, you're getting the physics of the lens in there and the yes. actual glass and the focusing the of light of on the sensor. Yep. There, there's a lot there, but it's also, I think the big thing that maybe a lot of these people weren't thinking about is it's the processing power. I mean, you have, you have an A series chip in your phone that's essentially going to be doing all of that computing on that yep. image cleaning it up, doing all this stuff, you know, in real time, using all the machine learning and everything built into that phone, it offloads that from the computer into a separate device. Cause it's my understanding, the phone's going to be doing all of the crunching and then it's just passing the image, passing through. a video stream yeah. onto, but on the flip side of that too, it's, I think one of its potential, cause we haven't used it yet. Superpowers is its simplicity of use. There's no special configuration. There's no passing through drivers or anything like that. You To your Mac, it is a native camera. And the other superpower of that is there's nothing allegedly at the application layer that other pieces of software are going to need. If you're using a third-party conference video conferencing software, it just shows up as one it's of your Mac's native cameras and microphones. That's huge. Yep. From a support perspective, it just going back to the adage that the, the goal for Apple devices always is it just works. And if yep. that if it delivers on that promise, that by itself is very meaningful and potentially very powerful. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. I mean, I I can't wait to try it. And one of the big takeaways that I got from it that I thought was very interesting was 
they mentioned on stage that they were working with, I think they said Belkin, to create the adapter to attach the phone to the back of your computer. They're not doing a first party, which... You know, they're not going to charge you $49.99 for your phone caddy yeah, to go is, on the back of there. This is the company that has you know? an entire budget line item for dongles. So exactly. I was very surprised yeah. by that, yes. Yeah, I thought that was interesting that they're they're going with third-party creators to get that right out of the gate, which I thought, you know, they're yeah. not, you know, we'll get a $12, $20, whatever sure. one from Belkin and Rip it'll, off. you know, and it'll yeah. work. So, you know, I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. But yeah, I mean... I thought all the announcements were great. Overall. There's a lot of potential overall for all of this stuff. Again, a little bit of vaporware this time that I'm not used to seeing when they do WWDC. Um, And it's only vaporware until they ship something. I mean, I don't want to discount, like, it's vaporware until it becomes a reality. And it has every possibility of becoming a reality. And Apple, not perfectly, but more so than most, has displayed a propensity for getting there with products they bother announcing. Sure, we've never yet gotten our Apple TV, and I guess I didn't even fulfill my promise from earlier because I wanted to get into the one OS that we basically got right. nothing out of, which was TVOS. Yeah. So I guess that's as simple as we'll put it. We didn't get anything. Moving on. Yep, I mean, moving it just, on. Yep. Yeah, moving on. Yeah. But if generally speaking, when Apple bothers to say something about it on screen, we do get something out of it later air power and some other exceptions through the years, notwithstanding. Um, but our still held fast belief is it's vaporware until it ships. Yep. So the car and some other things, not the cars, but you know what I mean? The car OS stuff. Um, yeah. we'll, we'll see. Yeah. Um, but overall, I think the, the easiest direct comparison a lot of people make because the events are typically very close to each other is Google IO and WWDC. Mm-hmm. They're both developer conferences. They both kick off kind of the, what's coming from both companies' major product roadmaps. And we, we did a whole episode on IO. I loved it overall. I mean, it, I, Google had some great stuff to say at IO. But if the, if the comparison must be made, I continue to feel that Apple does a better job of bringing us a presentation of things I will actually have in my hands probably before the year closes out yeah true google's tends to be much more of a pie in the sky this is what we're kind of thinking about yeah these are all the many sometime maybe yeah someday you'll be able to put on a pair of glasses and it's going to do live translation for someone across the room from you like that's all meaningful and awesome and cool but i feel there was more out of apple's event this year that was like okay i can say very confidently in the next 90 to 180 days i'm going to have real devices in my hands doing the things they spend an hour and a half on stage talking about. Yeah, for sure. So, okay. At the beginning of this, I alluded to the fact that I was going to make a prediction. So this can be our bombshell that we'll end on for today. So I was watching this along and listening to all the things that they're announcing, as well as the news articles and things that have been coming out lately from Apple. And I, I'm kind of starting to form a picture. We mentioned it a little bit earlier. They're adding more GPU cores into the baseline stuff. They talked about gaming on stage at WWDC this year. Like they, they actually dedicated a, de- a decent amount of time to talking to about metal gaming. and everything else. Yeah, yep. they, they're putting out Metal 3, which is going to create efficiencies, not just on the M2 chip, but also on all the M1 chips as well. I mean, it's going to create more, like you're going to get more power out of your GPU cores on your M1 Mac with Metal okay. 3. Which is which is great. So they're they're putting all that out there. Um, even the fact that we didn't see anything on TV OS 
the the way it that not being there says as much as yep. it actually being there. That's a great point. The, the external monitors on uh, on an iPad, literally iPad. all of these things, and then the other big announcements that came out. And again, this deal isn't done. There's multiple people multiple people bidding on it, but it shows that Apple has an interest. Apple is bidding on buying EA. Uh, you know, electronic arts, yeah. like the, the game company, they are looking yep. to make a purchase of a mature game company, one that has been around for a long time. That tells me Apple is planning on doing something in the gaming space. They're, right. they're either going to be starting to put out first party Mac titles, um, you know, that you can get on Mac OS and iPad right. OS first party titles of, you know, triple a graphic quality games that can run highly right. integrated with metal, all that kind of stuff. They're planning on doing that. Or, you know, one of the things that I'm kind of leaning towards with this TVOS thing is, are they going to be putting out a new device for your connection to your television? That is, you know, your TV, like you can still get your TV apps on there, but is more gaming centric. It's going to come with a first party Apple controller. It's going to come with, and you can get these first party games that they're looking at purchasing a company to create for them right on an Apple branded gaming device, basically a console, you know, their answer to the Nintendo switch or, you know, the Xbox, you know, that kind of stuff, like their version of that not just for mobile games, but like a full robust console experience. I, it seems like they're, they're kind of going that way. They're either going to be doing first party games for their existing devices, or they're looking at creating or there's a product a device, there. a product that's coming. And I, and I think it stuff. could align with a next generation Apple TV. I think that's entirely yeah. possible. Um, we'll have to see again. It's, 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 it's this one even qualifies vaporware because they didn't announce anything. So right. it's uh, it's pre vaporware. Yeah. But uh, we, I, I agree with you. What we, what both what we see and what we as importantly didn't see in this event does start to paint a picture of there is some interest in the spaceship about gaming as a whole beyond just 99 cent time killer. Apps. I think they're, I you think they're I mean? sick of being the butt of the joke. Like, ha, sure. You got a Mac. Good luck gaming on that. You right. know, there are games that work just fine on it. There aren't a lot. And I think Apple yeah. wants to solve that because there's a whole segment of the market that they could really get involved um, in their OS. And, well, and for and the, the first time ever, they realistically have the horsepower to do something to do it. about it. Yep, exactly. So anyway, that's that's my prediction. Oh, I think that's safe to say on that actual bombshell uh, way, way over. We're going to wrap this one up. Uh, poor Cody's going to have to actually have to listen to this at some I know, point. Right? So uh, <laughs> I, I think he, he actually dodged the bullet on this one. But I think we will wrap it up for this week. Make sure you uh, catch us next week. I believe we're going to be talking about cybersecurity and just some overall best practices for staying safe out there. So uh, just, just watch out for that one next week. We'll catch you next time.